A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A fun-loving teenager leaves for school and never comes home. So I knew then something was wrong because she was always on time. Throwing her parents into a living nightmare. I didn't want to know that this was really happening. I was really hysterical. A puzzling piece of evidence leaves investigators baffled. There was a note with initials on it indicating like it was someone maybe that Tabitha had a crush on. And disturbing theories surrounding her disappearance deepen the mystery. This lady said, have the police look at this man because he had my daughter. Leaving her family in agony. It has been an emotional roller coaster since day one. I would drive around looking for her. Couldn't find her. It about drove me crazy. It's the morning of April 29th, 2003, in East Nashville, Tennessee. 13 year old seventh grader Tabitha Tudors is preparing for the school day. She was a good student. She made straight A's. I would help her with her math homework. When I was in school, I was pretty good in math. He was better at math than me, so I sent her to him. Tabitha had a good relationship with her dad. Tabitha is by far the youngest of three siblings. Her brother Kevin is 25, and her sister Jamie is 21. My wife was about to hit 30, and then she wanted another child, so we we had another. She was a little sport. She was our last child, and we sport her. Tapta was always the entertainer, I think, when she was a younger baby. She would always have this, like, little funny face that she would make, and she would, like, breathe in and out, and, of course, it got the entire room laughing. One, two play hide-and-go-seek or read joke books, constant laughing, and we'd had fights, too. (laughs) But, yeah, she wanted to be just like me. A tight-knit family, the Tudors make it a priority to spend their free time together. 
Tabitha loved going to the racetrack. Every Saturday, we would not miss a race. Tabitha is especially close to her mom. Tabitha wasn't a particular 13-year-old. She was more like an 8-year-old. She hung on me like a leech. My car we couldn't even roll out of the driveway without her wanting to be in it. So she went everywhere as I went. She was a cut-up, always cutting up, joking. She got that from her daddy. It wasn't from me. She'd get in the car, and she'd be singing to the music. She likes singing. Tabitha is an enthusiastic member of the choir at the Tudors family church. She said she was going to be a singer. Whatever my wife was doing, Tabitha would come in and, and do her. And then my wife even taught Tabitha how to make homemade biscuits. And uh, Tabitha fixed them for us one time. And we ate them. They was, they was real good. According to the Tudors, their hometown of East Nashville is an up-and-coming neighborhood with a few rough edges. In 2003, East Nashville was not the place that you really wanted to call home. But for me, I grew up here. I've always felt safe here. There's loud music in people's cars when they, they drive down the road, break-ins. But for us, we never had any issues. We've lived here 30 years, and we never had no trouble. I mean, nobody ever bothered us, and we don't never bother nobody else. Nonetheless, the tutors worry about their youngest child's safety. I think my parents were more protective of her. She was the baby, their last one um, growing up. Every night, Tabitha sleeps on the floor in her parents' bedroom. She'll start out in her bed. And then when I wake up in the mornings to go to work, she's at the foot of my bed. And I asked her one time, I said, why do you do that? And she said, because I want to be close to you. So. I never stopped her. The morning of April 29th begins like any other morning for the Tudor's family. Tabitha's mother gets up for work early while her daughter is still sleeping. I worked with Metro Schools in the cafeteria. I got up at five. I got ready for work. She was laying at the foot of my bed and then I stepped over her and went and got ready for work. And at 7 o'clock, I woke Tabitha up and told her, uh, get on up, baby, so you can get ready for school. Okay. Some mornings she would eat breakfast here, and then if she has homework that she didn't finish, she would do it that morning before she left. Tabitha was in good spirits after getting her school report card the previous day. It had always on it. She was excited about it. I was proud of her. Her father, Beau, heads to work at 7 a.m., and Tabitha spends the next few minutes reveling in her good grades. I said, I love you. She said, I love you too, Daddy. I said, well, I'm leaving, and I left. At 7.50 a.m., Tabitha heads out the door. Her bus stop is one block away at Boscobel Street and 14th Street. And I told her, you know, don't leave the house until like 10 to 8 because the bus run at 8. I said, they'd give you five minutes to walk up the hill and five minutes to wait on that bus. Tabitha's mother has told her that if there are no other children at her bus stop at 14th Street in Boscobel, she should walk down one more block to 15th Street, where more kids will be waiting. 
And I've always told her, you don't sit up there on that wall by yourself to go down to the second bus stop. Later that afternoon, Tabitha's mom returns home from work. And when I got home at 1.30, she gets home at 4, and then she never come home on time. So I knew then something was wrong because she was always on time. She was never late. Almost immediately, Deborah goes out to look for her daughter. And I allowed her 10 minutes for the bus to be late. And then I went up there, and she wasn't up there. And then there's kids up there said that they didn't see her. So I came back home. I drove up to the school, and I banged on the door and banged on the door. One of the teachers gives her some alarming news. Tabitha wasn't on the bus that morning, and she never made it to school. Trying not to panic, Deborah heads home and calls Tabitha's friends to see if she's at one of their houses. But no one has seen her all day. I got home at probably 10 minutes to five. I was in a panic because, you know, I didn't know, didn't know where Tabitha was. I received a phone call about five o'clock, maybe. My mom asking what my sister had on uh, that morning. And I told her I didn't know because I didn't, I didn't see her. Why? And uh, she said, well, your sister never made it home. We're calling the police. At 6 p.m., a now frantic Deborah calls the police to report Tabitha missing. By the time the police were called, she had already been gone for eight or nine hours uh, from her bus stop. The tutors tell police officers that they just found out Tabitha wasn't in school all day and hasn't been seen since the morning. If she were abducted, that gives a suspect, you know, eight to 10 hours head start. We didn't know if we were looking for her in the Nashville area or she could have been anywhere in the country, just about in the time frame. They wanted to know what she was wearing that day. And I just was folding her clothes the day before. So I looked through her clothes to see if I could figure out what was missing. And I believe she had on a blue top with blue jeans and white sneakers. Investigators do an initial search of the Tudor's house. They went through some stuff, fingerprints. They took her hairbrush, her toothbrush to do a DNA. I had told them that her money was still here and even her door key was still here. She didn't take her door key that morning because I was always here when she got home. Tabitha has left behind all of her clothes and makeup and $20 in cash with no clues as to her whereabouts. Early on, it was, it was just unknown, you know, if she'd left the house. They just didn't know what happened. Due to the lack of evidence and Tabitha's age, investigators suspect that she may be a runaway, so they don't issue an Amber Alert. For an Amber Alert to be listed, there needs to be some type of reasonable belief that a child has possibly been abducted or is in danger. There was a possibility, at least, that Tabitha had left of her own free will, and there was no information that she was seen with a dangerous individual or that she was abducted. But the tutors insist Tabitha would never have left home of her own volition. Yeah, Tabitha wasn't a rebe rebellious child. My parents, they were pretty laid back with us, yet they were strict. So we walked a straight line. 
Tabitha was afraid to get in trouble, I think. So I knew that she hadn't ran away or skipped school. I tried to explain to the police that she wasn't a runaway. I told them they didn't know my daughter like I do. Whether 13-year-old Tabitha is a runaway, lost, or missing, police know that time is of the essence. They execute a search along a five-mile radius, touching the nearby Cumberland River and Shelby Park. They did a pretty substantial search that night. Concerned people from the Tudors' neighborhood pitch in to help. They were all searching everything with flashlights. And then the whole community came together when they found out about it and helped look for her. I mean, it was people I ain't even never seen before come out to look. And they searched and searched. I didn't go out and search for her. I was, I was really hysterical. I didn't want to go nowhere unless she came back home. It's been 24 hours since 13-year-old Tabitha Tudors went missing on her way to the bus stop in East Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't want to know that, uh, that, that, that this was really happening. I was trying to stay strong for my wife and my other two children. We were, you know, hoping that she was just going to come down the street or somebody was going to drop her off on the corner and she could come home. After a sleepless night, the Tudors still have no news about Tabitha. Officers return in the morning to do an in-depth search of her bedroom and discover an intriguing clue. There was a note with initials on it indicating like it was someone maybe that Tabitha had a crush on. The note is in Tabitha's handwriting with the initials TDT, N, M, T, L. Tabitha's initials are TDT, Tabitha Danielle Tudors, but Tabitha's parents say they don't have any idea who MTL could be. While detectives continue to dig, an unrelated tip surfaces involving a possible eyewitness to Tabitha's disappearance. There was a child that went to school with her. Um, he told police that he seen her get into a red car. The 11-year-old classmate of Tabitha's says that he was waiting at the second bus stop at 15th Street and Boscobel when he saw Tabitha walking toward him from 14th Street. And then a car appeared next to her. He said the car came down Boscobel from 14th headed toward 15th. He didn't give a very detailed description of the car, but he did say it was red. The boy tells police he got a good look at the driver of the vehicle. He said that it was a male black driving the car and that she got in the car and the car went back out the way it had come in. He said that Tabitha was in the car. He don't know if she got in on her own or if somebody pulled her in or threatened to make her get in. But he just said it was a dark-skinned guy with a baseball hat. But the Tudors say Tabitha would never willingly get into a stranger's car. I always told her, you know, don't ever get in a car with nobody. My best friend asked her to take asked to take her to school one day, and she wouldn't do it. 
inches, and my mama says no, and she wouldn't go. Based on the boy's account, investigators believe that Tabitha got into the car somewhere between the two bus stops on 14th and 15th Streets. Detectives decide to use tracker dogs to learn more about her movements. They were given a article, I think some uh, stuffed animals of Tabitha's from Tabitha's house. And they went out the front door, they went to the right, went up to Hill, and they crossed 14th at Boscopal, and went down to the third or fourth house, made a circle and come back, and they stopped. The dogs lose Tabitha's scent in the middle of the block between 14th and 15th Street. It's the exact route that the boy described seeing Tabitha walk that morning before getting into the car. I believe based upon uh, the dog sense, uh, she went to the first bus stop and, and, and halfway down um, is when she was picked up. Investigators look for the African-American male the boy described picking up Tabitha and the red car he was allegedly driving. I was trying to figure out who had a red car, and I couldn't figure out if we knew anybody that had a red car. And we didn't know anybody that had one. In the meantime, police discovered that Tabitha's classmate wasn't the only one to have seen her that morning. There's a woman that lives on the corner house. She saw Tabitha walk into her bus stop the morning that she disappeared. There was a man who saw her at the intersection of 14th and Boscobel. There was another lady who drove through who was familiar with Tabitha, and she saw her in that same area. There were at least two of Tabitha's schoolmates who saw her crossing over 14th to Boscobel. So there were at least four people that said they saw her. The people that saw Tabitha that morning said she was holding something in her hand looking at it, and we're assuming it was her report card. And she's proud of her, 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 all her A's and B's, and I guess she was just looking over it again. Although the new eyewitness accounts give detectives a more precise timeline of when and where Tabitha was last seen, none of them reveal anything out of the ordinary. But within hours, investigators have a breakthrough closer to home. They learn of a man familiar to the Tudor's family who matches the description of the driver of the red car. Investigators started kind of taking a look at Jamie's boyfriend at the time. My boyfriend at the time was a black gentleman. He lived with Jamie in the Tudor's home some months before Tabitha went missing. They just questioned him because of the dark colored skin with the ball hat. I mean, he wore ball hats. Detectives find that Jamie's boyfriend was aware of Tabitha's routine and where she got on the bus each morning. The investigators started trying to determine where he was on the morning that she disappeared and try to create a timeline and also find out what potential vehicle he might have been in. Jamie's boyfriend tells police that he and Jamie weren't together at the time and he hadn't stayed at the Tudor's home for months. And they find no connection to a red car. In fact, Jamie's boyfriend didn't own a vehicle of his own. But was said to have sometimes driven Jamie's or driven different relatives' vehicles. There was really no direct link. He obviously knew Tabitha, and at one time they'd had a really good relationship. Jamie's boyfriend also has an alibi for that morning. 
A friend he'd been staying with confirms they'd been together the morning that Tabitha disappeared. He passes a polygraph, and investigators find no evidence linking him to Tabitha's disappearance. With Tabitha now missing for 48 hours, investigators are once again on the hunt for a lead. They turn their attention back to the paper found in Tabitha's room, containing the initials MTL. They canvass people in the neighborhood and in Tabitha's school, and soon find a potentially promising match to the initials. The 18-year-old son of a couple who are friends of the Tudors. But when police question him, the hopeful development quickly falls apart. The young man was in school the morning Tabitha went missing. There was no reason to believe that he had anything to do with her disappearance. Investigators find no other evidence related to the note or the initials MTL. But within a few hours, a classmate of Tabitha's comes forward with new information. One of Tabitha's friends had indicated that at least on one Saturday, she and Tabitha had gone to the library in East Nashville, and they'd gotten on a computer and gotten on uh, apparently some chat lines or some chat rooms. The young girl was able to take investigators to the library and show which computer they used. That computer was taken and thoroughly examined forensically by our department. While detectives anxiously wait for the results, forensic investigators scour the computer, looking for evidence of Tabitha's chat history. Then, later that same day, a local woman comes forward with an unrelated and disturbing story that police hope could lead them straight to Tabitha. This lady went to Mrs. Tudors and said, you know, have the police look at this man because he had my daughter. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Two days after 13-year-old Tabitha Tudors mysteriously went missing while walking to her school bus stop, police zero in on their most hopeful development yet. A Nashville mother with two young daughters has just come forward with a troubling story about a man named Paul Davis. She says that seven years earlier, in 1996, he appeared to take an inappropriate interest in her 10-year-old child. She met this individual speaking to her daughter at school. He would have been in his late 20s, I guess, maybe 28 years old, and inquired with her daughter, you know, why are you talking with this older man? And she said, oh, he's, his kids go here, or his nieces and nephews go here. You know, he's fine. Despite her daughter's lack of concern, the woman tells police that she continued to have a bad feeling about Davis. One year later, in 1997, she says that the situation got worse when her older, 13-year-old daughter ran away from home. The mother's first thought was that Davis might have had something to do with it. When she realized that her daughter had left, she went up to her room and started searching through her things, and she found this individual's name written on several notes or her love letters written to him. The woman's daughter came back home two days later, but her mother was convinced that Davis had had inappropriate contact with her daughter. Police track Davis down and bring him in for questioning. They find that he has a history of spending time with underage girls, most of them around Tabitha's age and blonde. Six years earlier, in 1997, he was convicted of statutory rape and received five years probation. So he became a, a pretty big person of interest. Detectives find that when Tabitha went missing, Davis was living just three and a half hours away in Kentucky. They also discover that he had made a trip to Nashville around that same time. He'd come to Nashville earlier in April of 2003. He was seen at the market, the four-way market, which is only a half a block from the Tudor's residence. It just seems like it fit. Um, considering his uh, back history and hanging around in our neighborhood, 
wanting to talk to young girls. But when investigators construct a complete timeline for Davis, they realize that he has an alibi for the 29th of April, 2003, the day Tabitha went missing. He was eliminated based upon his sister giving an alibi for him, saying that he was in Kentucky. Investigators have no evidence against Davis, so the once promising lead is dead. Over the next few weeks, nothing new develops. The Tudor's family suffers every day from the devastating loss of their little girl. I would go down to the river and I would walk those riverbanks from one end to the other just to see if she was down there. I said, I'm walking the riverbank. I would drive around looking for her, couldn't find her. It about drove me crazy. My dad cried a lot. They cried a lot together. We did have a lot of people step up and help out um, in the beginning. But after a while, some of our friends stopped coming around as much because they didn't know how to comfort us or what to say or, you know, it's just, it's a tough situation. So they choose just to stay away. Despite their suffering, the Tudors do everything they can to get exposure for Tabitha's case. We tried to keep the media informed of, you know, everything with Tabitha. So crazy how this neighborhood has changed, Mom. Mm -hmm. But we found different uh, things to try and get her name out. That was our first button. I think we made these ourselves. We just kind of popped them in there. Um, and then we figured out that we could order them for, from a company. Uh, so we had these made. Uh, the bracelets say, bring Tabitha home. I wanted people to look and, and see what, um, you know, what my shirt said. And this one, still missing, uh, is what it says on the bottom, to let everybody know that uh, she's still missing. And it says, help me find my sister. They're, they're worn out, like the picture on, the picture on this one is, is almost gone. Over the next few months, numerous tips come in, claiming that Tabitha was spotted in different Nashville neighborhoods. Police check out each and every one, but none of them go anywhere. Until September 12th, 2003, five months after Tabitha vanished, when news comes in that suggests extremely disturbing circumstances in her disappearance. A man named Millard Earl Smith has just been arrested in Nashville and charged with rape. Millard Earl Smith, I heard that he, uh, he lived on Fessers Lane, which is about four miles from here. They thought that being he was out doing this, that he might have had something to do with Tabitha missing. He actually made the statement that he is a predator. On September 19, 2003, five months after 13-year-old Tabitha Tudors went missing, Nashville police arrest a man named Millard Earl Smith and charge him with the rape of a 17-year-old girl. The circumstances of the crime make detectives wonder if Smith could be involved in Tabitha's disappearance. 
he was on his motorcycle and he came across a young couple. It was raining, he offered them a ride. He told them that he would have to take them separately, obviously being on the motorcycle. He ended up taking the boyfriend in one place and took the girl to this trailer and raped her. Millard Earl Smith lived on Fessers Lane, which is about four miles from here. Although he doesn't match the description that Tabitha's classmate gave of the driver of the red car, Smith had been convicted of kidnapping, as well as solicitation of a minor in the past year. When Smith is brought in for questioning, detectives discover something that deepens their interest in him. He did not own a car, but we did find out that he was helping his brother-in-law some in East Nashville who worked on different cars. So he could have had access to a, a red car. While police dig into Smith's background and recent whereabouts, results come in from the forensic exam of the library computer that Tabitha used to chat online. They were able to determine that Tabitha's username had been used on that computer, but they weren't able to find anything to determine what rooms and what she had done on the computer. There had just been so many people that have used it since that that it kind of covered up the data. If there's any evidence on the computer that could help police find Tabitha, it appears to be lost forever. In the meantime, Millard Smith denies any involvement in Tabitha's disappearance. He says he was on a camping trip with family at the time. Though his alibi is never confirmed by police, Smith passes a polygraph test, and investigators can find no evidence linking him to Tabitha but he remains a person of interest. He was investigated thoroughly, interviewed, polygraphed, and he really cannot be completely eliminated as a person of interest. For the Tudor's family, as time passes, the lack of answers becomes more and more of an emotional drain. We had a lot of tips that have gotten our hopes up. Some were like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the lead. This is what's going to bring her back home. Um, and then others, it's like, what are they even talking about? It has been an emotional roller coaster since day one. Months pass, and the first anniversary of Tabitha's disappearance comes and goes. The Nashville Police Investigations Unit still works tirelessly, exploring every tip that comes in. I have a 13-year-old at home. And I couldn't imagine her disappearing and me not having any idea what had happened to her. I feel like the burden is on me to try to get answers for the tutors. Tabitha's had several different detectives on her case. I can't tell you the, the, the number of detectives. Um, and now currently we have Detective Jolly. We feel that Detective Jolly is going to be the man to solve this case. Three more years pass and the investigation goes cold again, leaving the Tudor's family living in an excruciating state of limbo. I can drive in my car, and I can hear her singing. And every day for like, I don't know how long, when I get in my car, she was with me. I could hear her, I could see her. She'd be sitting there like she's real. Then she'll be singing to me. When I get to laughing, I, I know people probably thought I was crazy going down the road laughing because she made me laugh all the time. In 2008, 
on the fifth anniversary of her disappearance, police ask local newspapers to print a story about Tabitha to put her case back in the public eye. The strategy works. In June, an unexpected tip comes in that contradicts eyewitness reports that police have been working with for years. My wife's niece said that she had an employee that said Tabitha did not get into a red car that morning. That she had got into a green car. Five years after Tabitha Tudors went missing, Nashville news outlets publish a plea for new information. And a brand new tip comes in, directly to the Tudors' family. My niece opened up a tattoo shop, and uh, this guy came in there and was telling her that Tabitha had gotten into a green car. He was riding his bike, and he stated that Tabitha did, in fact, get into a green car that morning. He said it was parked at the bus stop at 15th and Boscoville. It's unknown why the witness waited so long to come forward. But this detail takes the case in a whole new direction. Investigators saturate social media with the new tip. Detective Jolly immediately picks up on any tips and runs with them. But in the days and weeks that follow, no new information comes in. Nor are police able to track down a vehicle matching the witness's description. It's another devastating blow to Tabitha's family. I blame myself, you know. If it wasn't for my kids and my grandkids and my mom, I don't know what I would have done. My grandkids is really what kept me going. The investigation goes stone cold. Eight years pass with no new developments. Bo cried a lot with me. And at night, when we go to bed, we would talk about her every night and everything before we go to sleep. And then we talk about her every day. Then, on February 10th, 2016, 13 years after Tabitha's disappearance, the long silence breaks when detectives finally get a lead about the green car. A local woman tells police she just realized she knew someone who owned a car fitting that description back in 2003. A young lady contacted me and said that she knew of a Hispanic male that lived within just a few blocks of the Tudors that lived in a duplex uh, and drove a green car. The man's name is Juan, and police recognize that over the years, this isn't the first time that name has come up in the investigation. Tabitha knew a man by the name of Juan that was 19 at the time she disappeared, that lived down the street from her, and that she would sometimes go down there while Bo was taking a nap in the afternoon, and that uh, she allegedly smoked cigarettes with him. So when this particular tip about Juan came in, it caught my attention. And police also learned that Juan was well aware of Tabitha's disappearance. A woman said that her daughter was married to a man, his name was Juan, and he had gotten emotional and told his friend that he worked with that he, he owned a car like that and he was afraid that they were gonna be looking for him. 
and supposedly made comments about it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Detectives find that Juan now lives just three and a half hours from Nashville in Louisville, Kentucky. We interviewed and interrogated and polygraphed extensively. Detectives confirm that Juan used to drive a green car owned by a friend, but the vehicle is no longer in his possession. So many years later, investigators have no luck finding it. Juan takes and passes a polygraph test. He maintains his innocence in Tabitha's disappearance and says nothing that detectives find incriminating. For whatever reason, this woman had really embellished and given information that was not at all accurate. We were able to eliminate Juan in Louisville, Kentucky. He had no connection to Tabitha whatsoever. Today, 15 years after she disappeared, Detective Stephen Jolly is still actively investigating Tabitha's case. They are following leads, going back to the very beginning, looking at everything, trying to pick up on anything that they may have uh, missed. This case is probably on my mind more than most of my other ones. There's just so much to it, and there's so many different avenues and different leads that it often, often comes to mind. It's been very challenging but I really wish that I could be the one that could help them get the answers that they're looking for. The tutors are still doing everything they can to keep Tabitha's case in the public eye. I think about my sister every day. You still have hope that they'll find her? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Didn't take you very long to answer that question. Did no, <laughs> we've never lost hope. We'll get her back one day. We have thought about moving. And Tabitha's one reason why we haven't moved yet. Because where we live at is the only place that she knows where home is. Tabitha's family says they feel as strongly today as they did when she disappeared that she didn't leave home on her own. I believe that day that Tabitha came up missing, somebody took her. I don't know if it's somebody that she knew or somebody that she didn't know, but they took her. I know my child didn't run away. It's heartbreaking on all of us because we didn't uh, didn't get to see her graduate, didn't see her uh, get her driver's license, and you know just a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, she's got nieces and nephews that she hasn't solved yet, so she needs to get home so she can see them. I sit and I wonder. You know, she's 27. Would she have kids? And would she be married? And what would her kids look like? And definitely a lot of things run through your head um, after all these years. We have a room just about the same way it was when she left. And I, I hope that one day that she'll, she'll come back home and see her room just like it was when she left. It's hard losing your child, especially when you don't know where they are. I just want some kind of closure. That's all I need. If you have any information on Tabitha Tudors or her disappearance, please contact Nashville Crime Stoppers at 615-742-7463.
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.